0: Welcome to Spill the Biz. I'm Sarah Stowe, Head Editor at Inside Franchise Business. Join me as we have candid conversations with leading entrepreneurs and business owners behind some of the world's most impressive franchise brands. At Inside Franchise Business, we acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to elders past and present. Hello, my guest today is Steve Grossreader, Managing Director and CEO at Jack's Tyres and Auto. It's a business that's been around since the mid-20th century and three years ago emerged with a new look and a new name. In our conversation, we talk about customer experience, driving revenue growth, an exciting project in sustainability, growth strategy, and why it makes sense to always outwork everyone else in the business. Hi Steve, it's uh, great to have you with us this afternoon and I'm really interested to hear about Jax as it is now. It's had quite an interesting history. It's been a brand that's been around since mid-century, mid-20th century but three years ago um, you came out, Jax came out with a a new brand and a new look. Can you just tell us about that and, and why the need
1: for a rebrand. Uh, yeah, sure, Sarah. Look, firstly, you know, uh, uh, thank you for having me, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Jax, uh, uh, almost four years ago now, um, embarked on a corporate strategy uh, where the the whole decision to rebrand Jax was driven by the need to reflect our customer-centric values and to align our brand with our new operating model, Jax Tyres and Vehicle Servicing. Uh, as we evolved and expanded our offerings we recognized the need to ensure that our brand identified accurately and represented our focus on providing exceptional customer service and quality products and and as the uh, the the evolution of Jackson the corporate strategy came to to uh, to fruition yeah you know, the the customer experience was the center of everything that we did
0: you mentioned there that, that it was not just tyres, mm-hmm. that it's the, the vehicle mm-hmm. aspect mm-hmm. as well, because you, the brand merged, I think, uh, quite a few years ago with um QuickFit.
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and so has, has it been for, for most of that period of time just perceived by the customer as a tyre a tire business? And, yeah. and if so, what proportion of the business actually was focused on that element and, and how new is yeah. the vehicle side?
1: Yeah, so, so look, yeah, probably close to four and a half years years ago, uh, Hankook Tyres uh, acquired Jack's, Jack's Tyres and that merger had already taken place. And, and coming into the organisation, uh, I looked at the business and saw that there was this incredible uh, um, sense of people and the franchisees were very, very passionate about the tyre industry. But on reflection and talking to franchisees, almost thirty to forty percent of their work was mechanical work, and it wasn't recognised. Then talking to the customers, most customers would have said, "I, I, I didn't realise Jax did vehicle servicing. We didn't do mechanical." So it was interesting. It was the best kept secret. So it was clear, you know, that there was an opportunity to realign the operating model uh, and really enhance what was already considered a good customer experience by. Uh, um, by the industry is just to take it to that next level
0: so i think last year i think it was, was last year um, you were awarded a, a best cx transformation uh, for retail uh, and also the cx leader of the year which was fantastic so belated congratulations for that can you to tell us a little bit about the role that the customer played in reshaping the business
1: yeah, so so look, it was it's very very clear uh, uh, for us as a uh, as a premium retailer, our actual new corporate strategy was uh, a customer experience, premium led retail strategy. So we always knew that the customer had to be at the centre of everything we did. So uh, over coming into the organisation before we even started any sort of transformation, we really had a look at our customer journey and uh, we we completely re-looked the customer journey map from start to finish, and we used that customer journey map once completed as being the change anchor for the entire corporate strategy. We took everyone within the franchise network on the customer journey uh, um, introduction. We took all our employees through it, and what we found is the customer became the central point of everything we did. So everything we did on the strategy after that, we we're just building blocks, and uh, and which clearly... Helped us align our operating model, our, our consumer proposition, and uh, and and ultimately helped us realign the brand.
0: So, so how important is kind of customer experience above, well, not above, but as a portion of of what you're doing? Can you can you give it a a percentage in terms of its its relevance to the business?
1: Yeah. Look. So, so one of the most important things that once we completed the customer journey map we linked uh, NPS and CSTAT scores to higher profitability within the franchise network. So all of a sudden, once the ROI linkage had been created between great uh, net promoter scores and CSTAT uh, uh, measures, the, the penny dropped with the franchise network. And all of a sudden we went on this, this transformational change and COVID was right through that as well, but at the center of everything we did, our retail agility became uh, uh, reliant on good customer inputs both at the beginning of the journey, at the end of the journey, and also in real time in the journey so we could intervene and make a difference. So I don't know if I could give it a percentage, but our DNA now is customer experience and we differentiate on customer experience. So every day we endeavour to create a better experience experience today than we did yesterday and start to put the, you know, the, the the plans in place to create a better experience tomorrow. Uh, premium retail, we have to differentiate on customer experience. Uh, uh, otherwise, um, you know, we're really differentiating on price. And, and uh, for us, our growth agenda is dictated by how how much we can underwrite the customer experience. So we will only grow as quick as we can make sure that we're delivering this high level of customer experience. So uh, it's, it's, a, uh, it's, it's it's how we operate now moving forward. So to give you a percentage, I don't know, but it's pretty important. Yeah.
0: Well, it, it certainly seems to have had an impact on revenue because your growth was strong and you hit an all-time record um, of 22% revenue growth last year. So is there anything else that counts as a, as a key factor in that or, or can you pin that all down to the customer experience?
1: So, so, no, it's, it's aligning on the customer journey and the customer experience and then making sure that your operational model can deliver that seamless customer experience and you can leverage the investment in customer experience. So we, as I indicated, we heavily invested in the customer experience to start with and then we found ourselves having to align our operational model uh, to make sure that we could deliver that seamless experience. So, and and what we we did in the early days is to create some some simple focus areas for our business, and we called it our SOS strategy. So, what what, what that stands for is service excellence uh, plus operational efficiency equals sales performance. And then what we did is we linked the ROI linkage behind that, so they saw that you know service excellence without operational efficiency. Won't give you the sales performance, but you link the two together, and you'll get the sales performance. So, uh, really, really important. But it was simple for the franchisees and their teams to actually comprehend that piece, and uh, and and the ROI linkage behind that really helped us to drive the change. Now we are at a situation where if we make a change in the operation, people are asking us in the network. Have you considered the customer journey? Have you considered this? It's 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 fundamentally fantastic for us. So uh, we we have to make sure that we've got this overzealous change management program across the organisation because they're very very customer focused because they can see that not only is it their customer base and and the loyalty of the customer, it's also uh, you know their revenue model.
0: So it's been quite, it sounds as if it's been quite a kind of a mind shift across the network. And, and has that been key to you um, engaging the franchisees and and engaging employees more? Because that's something that you've kind of talked about a little bit. Is there, are there other strategies that you've used to sort of pull everyone together and, and get them thinking the same way?
1: Yes. No. No. Look. Look. It, it's it's key to just about everything we do. Every new franchisee that comes into the network, they go through an intensive induction program, where we, we not only train them on you know on the importance of customer, we also train them on how to leverage that customer experience to make sure that you're 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 um, taking advantage of the investment that we're given. So, for example, every customer that comes into the JAX ecosystem gets a complimentary inspection. And that vehicle inspection, uh, almost 70% of the vehicle inspections come up with a clean bill of health. The other 30% of the inspections will have some sort of work that is required to be done, and we put it into some sort of, uh, you know, a, a scheduled program by identifying what work may need to be done immediately, what work may need to be done at the next service interval, and, and, and what, you know, uh, um, work may need to be done in 12 months' time or the next next service, And what we find is providing that transparency and that trust with our customer they actually just ask us to book the vehicle in for for work pretty much straight away so uh, it's been and that inspection process is all about our consumer promise about peace of mind driving so uh, as i said 70 percent of the inspection uh, reports come up that your car's great and that's a great customer uh, um, uh, value uh, to know that your your vehicle's great and you're going to probably have not require anything, you know, for your next service interval. But the uh, the uh, where we do find something, it gives them that peace of mind and transparency. And then we can also look at what what what's immediate that needs to be done now, and what can be scheduled in down the track, uh, depending on how your budget is uh, is suited.
0: One of the really exciting things that you're doing is uh, around sustainability. So you've got quite a few um, elements, I think, to your your future fit program. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about how you introduced that and, and what the goals are and how you're going about it?
1: Yeah, so look, look in, in, our, in our corporate strategy, we have uh, four major goals. Uh, first, it's it's all about uh, um, uh, uh, franchise fit, retail agility, growth, and then the first one is future fit. And, and what future fit is, is all about is making sure that Jack's is in a position you know, for the for the foreseeable future, it's adapting to not only uh, evolutions in the automotive market, but also evolving to our consumer ele- evolution. We found during COVID, we put some um, immediate changes in based on what the customer's needs were, and we're able to do that quicker than the competition. An example would be, uh, Jax was the first uh, uh, automotive repairer to, to come to the market with zero contact uh, around the, uh, uh, about servicing the vehicle. Now, a lot of our competitors followed two weeks later, but the fact that we could actually do that so quickly meant that we were really listening to what the customer's needs were at that time. They were also looking at the automotive evolution. You put the two together. Uh, uh, so uh, one of the the uh, the, uh, the future fit initiatives that we're working on right now and, uh, and, and we're rolling out is a joint venture between... Um, RACV and EV Up, where we're providing uh, over the course of the remainder of 2023, 70% of our franchise network will be fitted out with solar panels uh, and also the franchisee will receive a free electric vehicle charger. Uh, and, and this is because there's just the growing uh, uh, demand of electric vehicles and we see our, our consumers coming in uh, with uh, uh, those needs right now. So we're we're trying to get ahead of the curve to make sure that JAX is seen as, as a, an organisation that evolves with the automotive technology, but also uh, our customers are telling us what they want to see in terms of charging expectations when when the vehicles come into our um, into our ecosystem. So very very exciting. Uh, we're probably about twenty five percent of the rollout, and uh, and very very positive with the uh, uh, the, the the effects already. So. Uh, most franchisees' electricity bills have, have been reduced by nearly seventy five percent, whilst you know the uh, the an electric vehicle can be charged fully you know from the sun. So it's a it's a it's a nice sustainable piece, but it makes good commercial sense for the franchisees. And when you can bring the two of those together, it's a very very powerful message. And that's why we call it future fit. So it's not just about being sustainable; it's about making commercial decisions at the same time. You bring the two together. And uh, it, we call it uh, Fit for the Future. So this will be ongoing. And uh, our customers play a big part in that as well with our focus groups with customers about where they may see Jacks in the future and what are the things that, that, that they expect, you know, from uh, their their interactions with Jax.
0: Can you give us any insights in, into those? I mean, are, there, are they areas that you would expect to go into? Are they wild and crazy ideas out there?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Well, look, look, look. It's, it's a. I can give an a simple example. So, as we rolled out the, the, um, the future fit initiative with the solar panels and the EV chargers, in conversations with with customers and also, uh, you know, our franchisees, we would have the electric vehicle charging station in a car spot, so you could park in the car spot and and, and charge it. However, uh, most of the cars. When they're parked in the car spot, are only they're there either prior to them being worked on or after they're being worked on, while the customer, you know, customer, uh, you know, comes back into Jackson and, and picks them up or they're waiting. Uh, uh, working with customers, they indicated to us that their expectation wasn't that the vehicle would be fully charged on return. They would be actually happy if there was a percentage of charge, like ten to fifteen percent more charge, uh, when it was uh, picked up than than when it was delivered. So the franchise what well, why don't we actually install the electric vehicle charges on the hoist so when the vehicle comes in to be repaired, the, the vehicle can be worked on while it's being charged at the same time, making it more operational efficient, uh, uh, customer centric. And, and then as we expand the electric vehicle market, so as the market grows, we can then start putting more charges onto our hoists in the workshop as opposed to tying up car spaces. So whilst sitting back at, at head office this is invaluable uh, uh, information both from customers and franchisees on how we can make a more operational efficient but more importantly streamline the customer experience for you know for the you know for the customer when they come into our environment so this is just one of many things and and it's 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 really empowering how the the customer-centric behavior in jacks is driving innovation just one example whereas uh, it, me sitting in head office would have not thought to bring all those together. So, uh, you know, I'm learning from my people all the time, Sarah. It's really good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's the growth strategy for the business?
1: Well, um, we're just about to move into our next evolution of, uh, of our five-year corporate strategy, which I'm really excited about. The franchisees are very excited about because we've, uh, we've made a lot of progress in, in the last four years so we've got our national conference uh, uh, this year in November and we're, we're taking our franchisees to SEMA in, uh, in in North America for, for one of the largest automotive conferences and we're going to uh, unveil our, our new corporate strategy. So the growth component of that is that we will be putting on a minimum of six stores per year over the next five years to, uh, to take our network up to 120 stores and we'll also be expanding our mobile network quite significantly, especially with our... Um, vehicle servicing uh product to make sure that our customers have got options so they can either bring it into the store or they can have it serviced at their you know at at, at their, their their either their work or at their home so many many different options available for our customers so 120 stores and uh significantly expanding our mobile network but again uh it will all be underwritten by how we can guarantee the same level of customer experiences as we grow. So uh, we'll only grow as quick as we can underwrite that customer experience.
0: And are there any particular obstacles or, or challenges that you feel lie ahead?
1: Yeah, look, um, there is. Uh, and, uh, and probably the, the most significant one is, 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 is just focusing on, on getting the required resourcing as the network grows. Uh, We uh, actively have got many different programs where we bring uh, our resources into our network through uh, uh, bringing apprentices on, uh, bringing uh, technicians in from overseas, and also we have a a careers option that we run with schools. Uh, As you can imagine, growing six to seven stores plus a mobile network plus servicing uh, a network that's already in in a situation of of, uh, of, um, under-resourced personnel right now at the moment, it will be a challenge for us. Uh, Before COVID, the automotive market was already heavily restricted in terms of resources. Uh, The COVID piece has just made that even worse, and the automotive market is growing. New car sales are up, uh, used car sales uh, are also up, people are holding onto their vehicles longer. So there is plenty of opportunities in the automotive market, Uh, so we need to encourage more people to enter that market and a lot of the uh, uh, the industries are working together quite well through through the AAA AA in trying to encourage more people to come into the industry and and look a lot of a lot of my retail competitors we work collaborative together to try and bring more people into the industry so that will be a challenge for us but at this stage we're we're on track so but it, it will be something that we need to work on over the next couple of years. But it's
0: exciting that it's a. a- an area with potential um, and that's always, um, it's good to have those kind of challenges to have to overcome, um, If you know, the potential is there. Do you, in talking about kind of, you know, growing business and bringing more people into, into business, do you think business is instinctive or do you think it's a, a mindset that you can develop with the right sort of nurturing and education?
1: Look, it, it's a really good question, Sarah. I've seen I've seen successful examples of both. So I think if the, the participant's willing to learn and be hungry, because uh, that's how I became, uh, you know, a, a acquired that mindset. I don't know if I was born with that mindset. I absolutely acquired it over time with great mentors and, and plenty of opportunities that were given to me. Uh, so, uh, but I've also seen people that have just been gifted and, and just excelled in it from day one. So to answer your question, I think it could be either.
0: Um, and in terms of leadership, which is different, obviously, to, to kind of business, what does that look like to you? How would you define it?
1: Well, look, look, leadership for me is is very much situational, uh, and, and I think that uh, we 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 uh, we operate in a, in a an incredibly fast market, an incredibly evolving world, and I think that leadership needs to be situational, depending, you know, on on, on what. You're confronted with, and and uh, and and what are your people's needs at any given time. But at the core of that, I think authentic authenticity and uh, and just a general concern for for the well-being of people is is at the centre for me. And then empowerment, uh, uh, purpose, and making sure that I can link that purpose to our vision, so everyone feels that they're adding value. And, uh, and and leadership for me is, is is just always been about making sure that uh, that, that everyone's actually um, you know, aligned and moving in the same direction
0: so has would you say those kind of um, that kind of ethos that you've just expressed has that been a driving force for you or has there been something else that you've kind of looked to achieve in, in business what's been their ambition it's
1: a, it's 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 probably been this the way I've operated uh, mm. um, you know in, in most of my career, uh, if, you, if you're looking for change, if you're looking for growth, if you're looking for success, and you don't think people at the core of it, you probably need to rethink your strategy.
0: <laughs> now, you, start, you, you mentioned that, that you um, felt that you'd learned about business you know, through mentors and early on, and I, I wondered how you started out in your career, because I've seen, I think it's on LinkedIn, that you have a craftsman certificate of proficiency as a motor and plant mechanic. Is that, was that your starting point?
1: yeah no look i always wanted to be a mechanic and mm. uh um uh straight out of school became a mechanic and and loved what i did uh and, and during you know uh probably the first or second year as a tradesman i was offered an, offered an opportunity to go into management that, that i couldn't refuse and i've never looked back and then just grew grew through management and post uh, graduate studies and so forth and and uh and again i uh, had some fantastic mentors along the way and 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 uh I just had this thirst to to, to, to keep growing, and uh, and here I am.
0: And do you have? Are there any influences outside of, of business that, that you feel might have shaped your life? Yeah,
1: look, look, I, I do. I think there there is there is a long list. There is no doubt. Uh, um, uh, I I think that I have learned from so many people over the years different things by just just listening and observing. But look, I, I suppose really early in in. in uh, in my childhood, my father died in an accident and uh, my mother uh, became, you know, my, my role model and and uh, she had this view that I could do anything that I focused on and she just supported me 100%, a little bit biased, of course, you know what I mean, uh, but uh, absolutely just uh, just kept encouraging me to, to, uh, to do whatever I, I wanted to focus on and, and she always made sure that uh, whatever you focus on make sure that you outwork everyone so you know very very powerful role model um so i give her full credit
0: and what piece of advice would you give to someone starting out in their career now now that you're where you are and you've had you know a few years under your belt to to see how the world works and how business works
1: yeah look it's it's uh it's interesting i I suppose i've never been asked this question but uh look what, what i what i would uh you know, a uh, 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 give to someone is, is make sure that you enjoy what you do and, and, you, and, and, and you have purpose. If you have purpose and then you can clearly articulate what you need to do or the roadmap and then the last piece of advice is just outwork everyone and uh, no matter what happens, you just stay true to your purpose, stay true to your vision and your roadmap and if you outwork everyone, you'll you'll eventually come to the top. Same advice my mother gave me: whatever you focus on, you'll achieve. And uh, and just to make sure that you're doing it with purpose.
0: Okay, that is great advice. Um, thank you so much, Steve. It's been great to have a chat today.
1: Thank yeah. you. Yeah, uh, thank you, Sarah.
0: Thanks again for listening to Spill the Beers. Don't forget to subscribe. And if this podcast has spiked your interest in the world of franchising, Make sure you check out our website, insightfranchisebusiness.com.au for more great info and tips on how to get started.